Let's pray together. Oh God, that prayer in Spanish is our prayer too. The words of Jesus. If two of you agree concerning anything on this earth, And ask it of my Father in heaven, it will be granted to you. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there. Oh God, that prayer promise, we must claim it. We must know it. In our teaching today, show us how. We humbly pray in Jesus' name. Amen. It isn't easy to move from a sublime moment like this in worship to our teaching today that begins with talking about Tim Tebow. So to make that Transition a little more comfortable for me. I need somebody to throw me a football. Thank you, Chaplain Jose. I feel better already. For those of you that don't know, this is a football. <laughs> don't laugh. This is a football. And Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow, rookie quarterback with the uh, Denver Broncos. Just a phenomenal. Tim Tebow has become an, a, a household name in almost Amer every American household, except yours, perhaps, because of a familiar posture that Tim Tebow adopted. Knee to the turf after, after a mighty touchdown throw or just a grand pass, knee to the turf, in a posture of prayer. Don't look at me. Look at the screen now. These are pictures of Tim Tebow. This is called, by the way, Tebowing. The press wet bananas over this. America wet bananas. A young evangelical Christian who is unashamed of going to his knees and thanking the one he believes made that super pass possible. Tebowing. And everybody has weighed in. I'm telling you what, the august Wall Street Journal, I have, a, I have a, a file full of clippings here. The august Wall Street Journal comes out with a guest editorial by Fran Tarkington, who used to be the quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. Title of the, the editorial, Does God Care Who Wins Football Games? USA Today did a survey this last month. 756 Americans polled asked the question, do you believe God is answering Tim Tebow's prayers? 43.3% of Americans believe that God, in fact, is indeed honoring that man's prayers, that young man's prayers. But get this, in the 18 to 29 demographic age group, which most of our Andrews University students, you are, 52.3% believe God is, in fact, answering that boy's prayers. Now, not everybody's happy. 
Tim Tebow has been roasted in the press to the place a, a sports columnist named uh, Jen, let's see, where's her name here, Jen Floyd Angle with Fox Sports. She wrote, a, she wrote a column. I thought rather prescient of her. She wrote a column and said, what the blank is going on with Tim Tebow? That was the title of the column. And then she says, hey, listen, listen. Because there was a game this last fall where two Detroit Lions sacked the young quarterback from, from the Denver Broncos. And after they sacked him, they mocked his praying because they both got down together and pretended like they were thanking God for that sack. Now, the, the sports columnist asked, listen, what if Tim Tebow were a Muslim? What if Tim Tebow bowed down to Mecca every time he scored a quarterback? Would there be a peep in the United States? Not a word. Because nobody says a word against Muslims. But when a young Christian, who doesn't flaunt himself but thanks the source he believes of his athletic prowess and success, when a young Christian bows to his knees, the country goes bananas. What's the problem? She says, what is this saying? Not about Tim Tebow. What's it saying about us? Because it bothers us every time we see somebody pray in public. It reminds us of what we're not doing. I thought that was pretty good. Tim Tebow. He has put prayer on the front page of American sports. In fact, now that Tim Tebow is in the off-season, America needed a new hero, and boy, did we get one quick. A friend, of mine in, uh, a friend of mine in Toronto, Todd Copeland, who's watching live streaming right now, Todd said, Dwight, are you following this Jeremy Lin thing? <laughs> Jeremy Lin, 23 years old, a Chinese-American, Harvard graduate, an evangelical Christian who was picked up by the New York Knicks. They are down in the cellar at almost single-handedly. He brings, there he is, he brings, he brings them resurrects them to life, and the whole country now is talking about Jeremy Lin. That number 17, that's the hottest-selling T-shirt online with NBA products. You know what? Welcome to Sports Central Sabbath. (laughs) If this keeps up, we're going to have one Sabbath a month, Sports Central Sabbath, a new headline from God in American sports. And trust me, we'll never get a headline from the NHL. All right, that's for you hockey fans. Okay. Hey, listen, Dwight, what's up with this? I mean, come on, please. What is up with talking about Tebow in church? Well, here's what's up. Tebowing and linsanity, that's what they're calling uh, this, this craze over the young Christian. Tebowing and linsanity have pushed prayer into the public spotlight in the United States, something Jesus longed to do 2,000 years ago on the eve of his crucifixion. If only he could push prayer into our public consciousness. So today, we're going to take Jesus on the eve of his death. Open your, open your Bible, please, to the Gospel of John, our theme book for this semester. Jose, thank you. Bless you. Open your Bible to John 14. Title of this, this semester's series, The Last Days. Not the last days of earth, the last days of Jesus' life in the fourth gospel. By the way, we're down now to the last 24 hours. We're going to spend days on the last 24 hours. Oh, don't you miss, don't you miss next Sabbath, the explosive secret of the vine. Don't miss the Sabbath after that. Trinity under fire. 
a little mini-series tucked inside this big series. We're down to the last 24 hours. It's Thursday night. John 14. Open your Bible to John 14. Now listen, we love John 14, a whole lot of us, because it begins with, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in, in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have. If I go to prepare a... And if I go and prepare a... I will come again. We love that passage. We're going we're to fly right over it. We're going to go to the middle of John 14. You didn't bring your Bible, grab the pew Bible in front of you right now, please. John chapter 14, let's pick it up in verse 12. I've got my 2011 NIV. This is the latest rendition of the NIV, and it's red letter, and so I'm just always percolating when I can have red letters. And so whatever translation you have, that's fine, but what will be on the screen is the NIV. John chapter 14, verse 12, Jesus speaking, Very truly I tell you, now, whoa, 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 whoa. Very truly. There it is again. 25, you remember this, don't you, from our teaching series. 25 times John will use this literary device inserting a double amen into his gospel. 25 times. This is the next to the last time. 25 times. Amen, amen. And whenever you run into amen, amen, it's like a huge... Re- Whoa, slow down, reader. Slow down. Come on. I know you're talking about Tim Tebow, but this is big stuff here. Get what Jesus is about to say. So Jesus has our attention now. Very truly, amen, amen, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. Here comes verse 13. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Here comes verse 14. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Can you believe that? Twice. He hasn't even taken a breath. Twice in the same breath. Whatever you want, ask me. Ask me for anything you wish. I will do it. Consider it done. That's huge. And by the way, lest we conclude that this is a little... Okay, guys, I need to talk to you about prayer just a little bit before we get on to the big stuff tonight in the upper room. I know Judas is gone. It's just 11 of you and me. No. Watch this. Count how many times Jesus will... Count how many times Jesus issues this identical promise in the upper room. All right, so we just read it in verse 13. I'll do whatever you ask in my name. We just read it in verse 14. You may ask me anything in my name. How many times do we have so far? Two. Keep, keep a record of the count. Uh, drop down to chapter 15. Chapter 15, verse 7. Jesus speaking. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Wow, there's another one. How many do we have now? Let's drop down to verse 16, chapter 15. Jesus speaking, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. How many do we have now? We've got four. Let's go to chapter 16. Drop down to verse 23 in chapter 16. In that day, Jesus still speaking, red letters in mind, you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Can you believe it? Oh, there's another one. Verse 24. Verse 24, until now you've not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Come on, that's got to be all, Jesus. No, no more. No, he's got one more. Verse 26, in that day you will ask in my name. I'm not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me. He will give it to you. You won't need me to be pleading for him. He loves you and he will take care of you. Ladies and gentlemen, how many did we come up with? Did you count? How many did we have? Seven of them. 
a sevenfold promise, seven times. As if he was afraid we'd miss it the first, the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth. I'll give it to you seven times. Grab your study guide. We've got to get these down. We cannot miss this. Your study guide is in your worship bulletin. You didn't get a study guide. Thank you, friendly ushers. Just move right down the aisles right now. Hold your hands up. You're going to get a study guide and a connect card. I'll get to that connect card in just a moment. If you didn't get a bulletin, that means you didn't get either of them, so they're going to give you the both, the connect card and the study guide. And while they're doing that, I want to welcome all of you who are, who are watching on television. Delighted to have you live streaming. Walking, well, watching on tape, you're on our website, you downloaded the video cast, however you've got this moment. We're very glad to have you. Let me put on the screen for you our, our uh, series title. It's The Last Days, The Last Days of Jesus. This particular teaching is entitled The Saga of Tim Tebow, Prayer and Jesus. Now, those of you who are viewing, live streaming and otherwise, down in the corner, www.pmchurch.tv, that's where you go to get the study guides. So live streamers, you're already on that website. Download the study guide. Get it right now. You can fill it in with us. This is a keeper. You will want this study guide. So the ushers are coming your way. Put your hand up. And let's plunge into this. The promise. Let's go back over these promises. Let's put them up on the screen. Let's go back over them. And notice notice the repetition of a particularly identifiable word. John 14, verse 13, I will do whatever you ask in my name. Would you write that in, please? I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You see that football in the corner? That's to remind us of Tebow. And that's also to remind me to tell you that I am very grateful for my friend Dave Jardine. Dave, I got you in right at the beginning of the sermon in uh, First Church, but uh, I want to put you in right here. Dave Jardine, who happens to be the Director of Student Activities and Athletics here at Andrews University. And Dave's the guy that found, got a hold of that football and brought it over to me yesterday. Thank you, Dave, very much. All right, Jesus says, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified. Let's look at the next one, verse 14, Jesus speaking. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. You won't have to linger over these long. We've already read them. Let's go to the next one, 15, verse 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask. I mean, these may end up all being asked. Let's see. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Here's verse 16 of the same chapter. Whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Come on, you don't need a lot of time. Let's go on to chapter 16, verse 23. My Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Let's go to verse 24. Until now you've not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you receive and your joy will be complete. Let's go to the last one, number 7, verse 26. In that day you will ask in my name. I'm not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you. You know what? You almost get the impression Jesus wants us to ask. I mean, does that occur to you? He wants us to ask. Yeah, but come on, Dwight. I know. I know how this works. <laughs> Listen, let me tell you something. I know how these things work. It's all those little if, ands, and buts that are tucked in there, those little qualifiers, those little conditions that make it almost impossible to, to claim these promises. Wrong. What little if, ands, and buts are you talking about? Let's go back over the same list. You have it right now in your study guide. So I'm going to send you back up to that list. And now let's circle. You just circle every condition. You've got to do this first in order to get it. Circle the conditions 
and uh, let's find out how many if, ands, and buts are tucked away in that. Let's put it back up, and that will be what is uh, bolded in the blue here. So you already have this. You've already filled in the word. Circle in my name, because that's a condition. You've got to ask in my name. And then also circle, because there are two here, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. All right? Just circle the conditions. Let's go to the next one. Verse 14. You may ask for me anything in my name. There it is again. Okay, so circle in my name. Let's go to the next one, 15, verse 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, so circle that, ask what you wish and I will do it for you. All right, let's go to verse 16 of of chapter 15. Whatever you ask in my name, there it is again, circle that, the Father will give you. Let's go to chapter 16, verse 23. My Father will give you whatever you ask in my name, circle in my name again. Let's go to verse 24. Until now you've not asked for anything in my name. There it is again. Let's go to verse 26. In that day you will ask in my name. I'm not saying that I'll ask the Father. No, he loves you. He'll take care of you. There they are, ladies and gentlemen. According to the circles that you've just drawn onto your own study guide, there are only three conditions to this dynamite prayer promise. And I tell you what, these three are not rocket science. Number one, we must ask in his name. Six times you've circled those words, in my name. Six times we must, we must, number one, ask in his name. Number two, we must ask that the Father be glorified. There's the other one. And here's the third one. We must, Jesus said, if, 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 if you abide in me and I abide in you, my word abides in you. Okay. So those are the three. In fact, let's just put all three of them in one sentence. Will you fill this in, in your study guide, please? Jesus promises. Here's the promise. You may ask me for anything you wish. If you will ask in my name for the Father's glory as you walk with me in my word. That's it. Hey, listen, when you update your iTunes, you know how they update it? We got 10 point, was it? No, who knows what the number is? But when you, what is it? 10.5. Okay, when you update your iTunes, do you notice this? They have embedded in that update request what's called, I have to look it up here, end user license agreement. And then you get a whole book online, a whole book that suddenly appears before your eyes. You're supposed to read the whole book through, and at the very end of the book, there'll be two little sentences, I accept, I decline. Isn't that right? And how many of you, come on, how many of you read the conditions that are laid down? Raise your hand up. Be brave and be unusual. (laughs) Not a soul here reads them. I'm saying, get me to, come on, I want to go. I accept not knowing that I've just signed away my entire life 24-7 now. They're going to put a little spy that watches me, and I gave him permission because I didn't read the small print. We can be thankful that the lawyers working for Apple and Microsoft, that bevy of lawyers, didn't write the conditions for Jesus' promise. There's no book here. You've got to do this, 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 I accept. Okay, now I'll help you. None of that. Three little conditions. Jesus says, hey, pray in my name, ask for the Father's glory, and please, as you walk with me in my word, let's do it together. I mean, what's, what, what's the problem here? You say, ah, oh, but Dwight, I know. I know. Listen, I can understand this uh, glory of God thing. I mean, I can understand what that means, pray for God's glory. And I can understand this walking with Jesus in his word. But I think there's something fishy about this in my name. Six times he inserts that in my name. You think that's hard? It's not hard at all. Craig Keener, the New Testament scholar, in his two-volume commentary on the fourth gospel. I like the way uh, Professor Keener puts it and put it on the screen for you. You have to fill it in. Asking in his name 
Okay, here's the condition. What does it mean, Lord, to ask in your name? Asking in his name signifies asking as his representative while about his business. Jesus, I'm down here. I'm representing you in this university, on the job, in my neighborhood, in this game. Lord Jesus, I'm representing you, and I want to do your business while I'm here. That's what it means. Keep reading. Just as Jesus came and did in his Father. Now, the next line. Praying in his name involves prayer in keeping with his character. Write that in. I want to pray in keeping with your character and his concerns and indeed praying in union with him. That's not rocket science. That's not tough. In fact, Desire of Ages, a hundred years before Craig Keener, already had that down. Watch this. Desire of Ages. Fill it in on your study guide, please. To pray in Christ's name means much. It means that we are to accept his character. You know, a person's name, a person's character is bound up in his good name. That means we accept his character, we manifest his spirit, and we work his works. What's so complicated about that? In other words, hey, you remember this? Some years ago, they had these little, they had these little bands, and they had WWJD, and everybody's wearing these WWJD bands. What does WWJD stand for? What would Jesus do? That's what, that's what it means to pray in his name. Instead of WWJD, it could be, let's put this up, WWJW. What would Jesus want? That's all you're doing. When you pray in his name, you're saying, Lord, I really need help. And here's how I'm going to pray with this particular matter. I want to know what you would want. Well, that's a fair question. What would Jesus want? Would Jesus want me to score this touchdown? Maybe not. Sometimes, hey, no, no, no. Sometimes losing a game or a career is the most important thing that could ever happen to us. It's not just win-win forever with God. So what does it mean? Jesus, what do you want? Do you want me to make a million? Maybe that's what he wants. Maybe not. If you've hung around this planet very long, you know that poverty is a much more powerful instructor than riches are, which is why Jesus said of the wealthy, it's going to be very hard for the wealthy to get into my kingdom. So maybe it's not to get rich. What would Jesus want for me right now? To marry that knockout gorgeous girl? Maybe not. Some of us old timers have learned. We have learned that physical beauty can be very skin deep. So what do you want from me, Jesus? To get into med school? To get into law school? To get into that school? Maybe not. Maybe he has radically different plans for your career and you don't have a clue yet, but that's okay. Come on, Dwight, it says, I just read this. Jesus says, whatever you want, you ask of me and I will give. But maybe he won't. Hey, listen, let me tell you this. If you want, if you would like to pray a prayer that he will always answer, it will always be his will to answer this prayer. I want to give you three prayers right now. You can pray these prayers for the rest of your life and you will always know, without even saying if it be your will, you will know it is God's will. Wesley Dewell, in his powerful book, Mighty Prevailing Prayer, he calls these the three always prayers. Put them on the screen. Let's go. It's in your, they are in your study guide. Number one, it is always God's will 
to glorify his name. You never have to say, God, I'm going out to classes today. I'm going to my job today. I'm moving out into the neighborhood today. And I, if it is your will, let me glorify your name. Are you kidding? It's always his will to glorify his name. John 12, 28, Jesus says, Father, glorify your name. And here comes this booming voice. I have and I will. It's always his will. Three always prayers. You never have to ask, is this your will? Here's another one. It is always God's will to save the sinner. God, my roommate, do you understand my roommate? Please, if it's your will, save her. Save him. You never have to say, if it's your will. It is his will to save your roommate. You have children. You have children that you are desperate for Jesus to save. You never have to pray, if it is your will. It's always his will to save your colleagues. Always. And there's one more, and I love this one. It's always God's will to revive the church. Always. Oh, God, if it's your will, revive Andrews University. Are you kidding? That's his will. Revive the Pioneer Memorial Church. No. It's my will. You don't have to add, if it is your will. It is my will. Next time you're feeling like you're not getting enough prayers that really have the answers that you want, you can pray three prayers, those three, and you'll never have to say, if it's your will. You just ask. (laughs) That's what Jesus is saying right here. Back to chapter 14, verse, verse 13. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Verse 14. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Seven times Jesus is saying, guys, I'm trying to tell you, ask me, please ask me. Do you know why he, do you know why he is so big on these seven? This sevenfold promise? Because of verse 12. We just, we just skipped right over verse 12. Take a look, a closer look at verse 12, will you? John 14, verse 12. Very truly, amen, amen, I tell you. Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. You're going to do what I have been doing. But hold on, hold on to your pew. Will do the works that I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these. Because I am going. To the Father. Did you catch that line? Even greater things than what I have done, you are going to do. Amazing. I want you to do greater things than I have ever done. Wow. Wow, Jesus. Are you serious? He is. Let me show you how serious he is. This summer, early summer, I was reading the Gospel of John through this summer, and that's what led to our series. But on the day when I came to these verse, to verse 12, on the day when I came to verse 12, first thing that morning, as it turns out, that very day, Karen and I were with our friends Dave and Marilyn Bauer. Bauer's used to be here for years. They've been, telling, they've been emailing me for months. Come on, Dwight. Come on, Karen. Come on down here. We want to take you to the Billy Graham Library in Charlotte, North Carolina. you got to go. Come spend a few days with us in Hendersonville. We'll go to the library together. It will just, you will never have quite an experience like it. And I want to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. It was that plus more when we went with Dave and Marilyn. Billy Graham Library. I mean, here is this teenager. How old are you? Here is this teenager who accepts, he's, he's milking cows. He's milking cows and he accepts the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior. He surrenders his life to God. 
And God reaches down from the throne of the universe, takes that boy, and uses that cow-milking teenager to turn an entire generation and an entire planet upside down for the glory of, of the kingdom of heaven. I mean, that's one of those wow stories. Maybe that's what Jesus meant. I'm going to the Father, and you are going to do even greater things than I did. Oh, does that mean that Billy Graham is greater than Jesus? No. He didn't say you're going to be, he didn't say you're going to be greater than me. He says you're going to do greater things than I did. Hey, listen. Come on, guys. All you need, all you need is a laptop, a cell phone, and a plane ticket. You can go anywhere on this planet and become a live missionary for Jesus Christ right now. You can go anywhere. You're the most mobile generation we've ever had on earth. You can get to places Jesus in his lifetime could never have dreamed to go. You can get to places the disciples never dreamed to go. When Jesus, when Jesus says even greater things, he's talking about the extent. So what are you dreaming to do for Jesus? I mean, what greater thing do you wish to do? Oh, I've got to read that verse again. Verse 12. Jesus speaking, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater, even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Jesus, why are you going to the Father? Drop down to verse 16. I am going to the Father and I will ask the Father, watch this, and he will give you another advocate, another counselor, another companion, another helper, another comforter. He's going to give you the Holy Spirit. And notice what he says about the Holy Spirit. Who will come to help you and be with you forever the spirit of truth. I'm going to the Father. I'm going to give you a gift that you have never received in your life. When you get this gift, hey, guess what? When the Holy Spirit comes in you, remember those three always prayers? Those will be the prayers He'll be answering through your life. You will glorify, the, you will glorify God's name when the Holy Spirit comes in you. You will save lost sinners when the Holy Spirit comes in you. You will help revive the church when the Holy Spirit comes in you. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. He will be the greatest gift. When you get this gift, you have everything in the universe. Would you jot that down first before I show you a, a, a quotation that, in fact, makes that very point? Here's what Jesus is saying. He said, hey, listen, ladies and gentlemen, ask me. Ask me. And I will give you the Holy Spirit and even greater things than what I did while I was there. You and he together will be able to do it. Isn't that something? He said, ah, oh, Dwight, come on. No, no, come on. It's the gospel truth. Look at this. Put this. You don't have this in your study guide because it came to me this morning early. And so we've got this inserted. Just get the page number when you see it and scribble it down. The Holy Spirit was the highest of all gifts that Jesus could solicit from his Father for the exaltation of his people. This is the, the numero uno gift. Since they, since they sang in Spanish, I can say numero uno gift. This is the number one gift. Now watch this, next line. This promised blessing, this is speaking of the Holy Spirit. This promised blessing claimed by faith. Let's read this out loud together. This promised blessing claimed by faith brings all other blessings 
in its train. What's it mean, in its train? It means like if you're in the engine and you got a caboose, you got all these cars. Don't you just hate coming to a railroad crossing and every car that, every train car in the U.S. is on that line? And you're there for hours. In his train. When the Holy Spirit comes, he's got car after car after car after car after car behind him. He says, listen, girl, boy, if you get me, you get everything wrapped up in my gift. (laughs) So Jesus says, seven times, seven times I've been trying to tell you, ask me. So before I sit down, I've got to ask this question. I've got to ask this question. What greater thing? And I'm asking this. I've been praying over this question for the last 24 hours. I've been praying over this question for you. I've been praying over this question for me. And I'm saying, God, what are you saying here with Jesus' sevenfold promise? So I'm very serious now. I need you to listen carefully. What greater thing would you like to do for Jesus? I mean, Jesus is very clear. This is not for us. This is not for us, folks. I want to do some great thing for me, Jesus. Forget it. What greater thing would you like to do for me, he says. You want to be a Tim Tebow? Lives out his radical faith in the spotlight of public attention? Be the best you can be. You want to be a Mother Teresa who lives out her life with the dregs of humanity? Be the best you can be. But do it for Jesus. You want to be an obscure mother who simply lives to her child until she grows up the fullness of what it means to follow Jesus? That's huge. You're doing it for him. You want to be a lay evangelist and win a thousand souls for the kingdom of heaven? Some of you are going to be called to that. You're listening right now, and that was the Spirit's moment, His entry into your mind, and something's been planted in your mind, and something is stirring in your heart, and you're going to become that person. You watch. If you dream for Him, not for you, for Him, what do you want to be? You want to find a cure for cancer? Would that be okay? A cure for cancer? Could that glorify God? But of course... What do you want to be for Jesus? What greater thing do you want to do? Help write a new law that will end systemic injustice in our nation? Become a jurist who can help? A politician who can help? What do you want to be for Jesus? How about a mission doctor in a faraway village that nobody's ever heard of before and nobody will hear of you again? But like Albert Schweitzer, you will go to that village and you will serve the kingdom of heaven. Why not? How about, what would Jesus, what's the greater thing you could do for Jesus? Could it be to become the new Billy Graham? Could it be somebody listening today here on television, on the radio, on the web, some young heart hears that line, and just like that, the Spirit says, I'm talking to you, boy. I'm talking to you, girl. I'm talking to you. I need you. I'm calling you. Greater things than these You will do with me. So ask me. Just ask me. Don't go hem-hawing your way through campus and life and just go, well, I'm nobody. I'm just a little insignificant. Nobody even knows my name around this place. Forget it. In fact, let me end with this. This is Desire of Ages again. The Lord is disappointed when His people place a low estimate upon themselves. 
I'm nobody. I'm no nobody. On this campus, big man on the campus, are you kidding? I'm the smallest man on this campus. Nobody cares for me. You can be milking cows and God has a dream for you. Don't you sell yourself short. Dream big for him, not for you. Maybe that's your problem. You've been dreaming for you. Oh, I want to be big someday. I want to be famous someday. I want to be great someday. I want to be in the headlines someday. Forget it. Those headlines will burn one day. What can you do with your career, your calling for the kingdom of heaven? Something greater than even Jesus did when he was here. Dream big. Seven times he says, ask me, ask me and I'll help you. You want to reach an unreached people group that has never before been reached by the everlasting gospel? Be that missionary. Ask me to do something greater than I could have done when I was here. I'll send the Holy Spirit to you. And when the Holy Spirit and you team up, look out, world. This is dynamite partnership. So ask me. Ask me for the Spirit. Ask me whatever you wish, and I will give it to you. Ah. The Lord is disappointed when his people place a low estimate upon themselves. Keep reading. He desires his chosen. That's a theme I love, the chosen ones. The chosen. He desires his chosen to value themselves according to the price he has placed upon them. Calvary has already purchased you. You are worth all of heaven. Jesus would have left heaven for just you. That's how valuable you are. He desires his chosen to value themselves according to the price he's already placed on them. Now, this gets even better. Watch this. God wanted you. That's why you were born. God wanted you. Else he would not have sent his son on such an expensive errand to redeem you. Keep reading. He has a use for you. In the back row of the balcony, he has a use for you. And he is well pleased when you make the very highest demands upon him that you may glorify his name. Watch this. It gets even better. You may expect large things if you have faith in his promises. So he says, ask me. Come on. Ask me. Ask me. Just ask me. Seven times I'm begging you to ask me. Do you understand? I want you to ask me. Ask to do something even greater than I did. Ask me. Ask me. Ask me. Huh? Ask me. Ah. I want you to reach into that uh, bulletin of yours. You've already pulled the card out. Pull it out again. I want to take the Connect card. Pastor Rodley took us on this first time using this card. We are so excited about this. He took us to one side of the card. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw your attention to the back side of the card. All right? The Connect card right here. Those of you watching on uh, live streaming, we're going to have that Connect card up for you. You'll be able to get the same Connect card. You'll be able to make the same next step. Because you know what? You can't hear a teaching like this and not take the next step. You can't hear a teaching like this and not do something. So turn the card over. You see where it says my next step today is? I want to, I tell you, I, I wish you would join me and just put a check mark here. I want Jesus three always prayers to become my daily prayer. I want Jesus, look at God, glorify yourself through me, save sinners through me, revive, help, let me help you revive the church. Can, can you put a check mark there? How about this one? I wish to pray big now, please notice this. I wish to pray big, not for the Holy Spirit. Notice the word. I wish to pray big with the Holy Spirit. I'm not asking for the Holy Spirit. I'm asking to pray big with Him. Something 
great for the kingdom of heaven. But I want to put a check mark right there. You say, hey, listen, Dwight, man, I'm just really not into Jesus at all. I just happen to be in church today, and here you are, and here I have this card. I want to say to you, my friend, you see the next box over I'm interested in? You put a check mark right there. If the Spirit is speaking to your heart, or you're just thinking, you know, I would love to have a relationship with Jesus, put a check mark right there. I'm interested in beginning a relationship with Jesus Christ. Our Connect team will be in touch with you. You'll be given something that will take you into that relationship just like that. Some of you today have never said, I'm serious about a relationship with Jesus. This is your day. No altar call. Choir's not singing yet. Just a check mark. I'm interested in beginning a relationship with Jesus. Oh, I'm interested in information on baptism. You noticed in the other box, we're having a baptism April 21 and another baptism April 28 to round, to, to cap this semester. I can't think of a better gift to give yourself and to give God than your choice to follow Jesus in baptism. You put a check mark there, I'm interested in baptism. Our Connect team will be in touch with you. Nobody's going to be baptized next week, trust me. This is a chance for you now to decide, I, I'm interested in baptism. Information on church membership, serving on a team, you're a college student, you're a, you're a community member, a visitor, I'd love to serve on a team. If you check serving on a team, we'll send you a website and there will be 10 ministries right there and you pick and you sign up on your own online. We're serious about taking the next step because it's not enough to listen to a sermon and go home and say, well, I was edified. You have to do something. In a moment, the ushers are going to pick this card up along with our morning tithes and offerings. I want to pray first. But I want to pray that in the quiet of this moment, you will sense what your next step is. And I'm hoping if you're a longtime Andrews University student or a longtime member here, that those first two, I want to pray big with the Holy Spirit, will be on your radar screen. Ask Him and see what He will do. Let's pray together. Oh, God. We can't come to this sevenfold promise, this sevenfold call to prayer, and not take the next step. And so, please, a little check mark here, a check mark there, but know that what our hearts are, we are longing to be in tandem with Jesus and pray the big, the greater thing. We're longing to start over. And so wherever we put our check, Mark, dear Father, tuck this decision away. We'll hear from somebody. But tuck this decision away. And with the sevenfold promise in our hands and in our hearts, let us move forth into this new week. Greater things, seeking greater things for the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.